Our scripture reading this morning comes from Matthew, the 13th chapter, verses uh, 44 through 46. Hear now the word of our Lord. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. This is the word of God. May it find its way this morning into our hearts and lives by the power of his Holy Spirit. Amen. It's been said that the parables of Jesus are like a kiddie pool that children can play in and a vast ocean that explorers can dive in. I think what that means is that um, wherever we are on our Christian journey, um, the parables offer something for us to see, a concept that we can grasp. And the deeper we go into the parables, the more we find for us there. The parables of Jesus um, offer us countless, countless insights, no matter how often we read them. Um, This uh, parable about uh, the man finding the treasure in the field is, is probably my favorite of Jesus' parables. Um... You see, the the correct interpretation of this parable is that we are the man in the field. That um, we are going about our lives uh, purposeless and without meaning. And um, we just happen upon this treasure in the middle of the field. And it is the most valuable, most uh, wonderful thing we've ever encountered. And we realize that this treasure is worth more than everything we own. And so we go away and and we give up everything so that we can have this beautiful, precious treasure. Jesus, in this parable, is the treasure. You see, the Christian life is, uh, is what happens when we give up everything we have so that we can follow Jesus. In the ninth chapter of Luke, uh, Jesus says, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. Following Jesus costs us everything every day. We continually give up. We continually die to ourselves every day so that we can know and have Jesus. We empty ourselves. In our Bible study, we've been uh, reading through the Gospel of Matthew, and we're in the Sermon on the Mount right now. And uh, and last Wednesday, uh, we talked about some really um, hard, challenging texts. We talked about turning the other cheek. When someone strikes us on the right cheek, we turn them to the left as well. Uh, we talked about how uh, just being angry with our brother is, is tantamount to murder. How uh, just uh, looking lustfully at a woman is, uh, is committing adultery with her in our hearts. How we're not supposed to refuse uh, from anyone who seeks to borrow from us. 
how we're supposed to love our enemies. And uh, we all agreed these were hard, if not impossible, to live up to. You see, these things are what Paul is talking about. These things, uh, not, not winning uh, the touchdown, um, not crossing the finish line, but these are the things that Paul is talking about when he says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That somehow Jesus gives us the grace and the power to live the Christian life that we cannot do on our own. But that takes self-sacrifice. That takes us waking up every morning and saying, not my will today, but your will today. All these things are possible if we're willing, like, like the man that finds the treasure in the field, to give up everything so that we can have Christ. But what I've found, what I know to be true, is that we get so much more in return. In Philippians, the third chapter, the Apostle Paul says, but, who, but whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What's more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I've lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him. I consider them garbage. Everything I had before, everything I had to give up to know Christ, I consider it garbage. Um, the, the King James uses the word rubbish. Um, the Greek word uh, is a little more strong than that. Um, I'll let you use your imagination, but it's a, it's a word we tend to not print in our Bibles. I consider it all garbage, rubbish, compared to what I get in return for knowing Christ, compared to the richness of following Jesus. Last year, um, one day, I, uh, I um, was tucking William in, and... He had this uh, little clay um, thing that he had made at uh, school. Um, it was just this, it was this little clay uh, kind of triangle thing, uh, very crudely made. Um, uh, and it, had, it was painted red. And, and he was holding it, and, and I asked him what it was. He said, it's my fidget spinner. And uh, he started uh, spinning this little clay thing that he had made in his fingers, and it really didn't spin very well. Um, and it's kind of then that I knew that if I was going to be a good dad, I had to go get him like a $5 fidget spinner from Walmart. And so the next day I did. And let me tell you, um, he was really proud of that fidget spinner, that little clay fidget spinner that he had made. He was really proud of it. Um, but... As soon as he got the real thing, um, that little clay thing was gone. He was done with it. He didn't need it anymore. You and I are really proud of the lives we built for ourselves. Uh, we're really proud of what we've made of ourselves, what we've done on our own 
effort. But when we discover who we're truly meant to be in Christ, when we discover what God has done in us, all that other stuff seems like junk to us. To the richness of knowing and having Christ. You see, we are like the man in the field. We discover this treasure, and it's worth more than, than we have, more than we're able to give, and, and so we just uh, sacrifice everything joyfully so we can have this treasure, this knowing Christ. This is the correct interpretation of the parable. Um, any uh, any um, study Bible you read, any commentary uh, you pull out when you look at this parable, um, uh, this is what, what it will tell you it means. Um, I was teaching this parable, gosh, about 10 years ago now, um, to uh, a group of children in children's church. Um, I, was a, uh, I was a children's minister um, at, at a church in North Carolina. And uh, whenever I teach the parables, I try to make it a game with the children. And, and I tell them, uh, in this parable, you need to figure out who in the parable is God and who in the parable is me. Right? So we tell the, 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 the parable of the prodigal son. Right? There's the wasteful son that wastes his father's inheritance and, uh, and, and, and then has to go back and beg the father for forgiveness. The children had no trouble figuring that out, right? Um, God is the loving father, and we are the son in need of forgiveness. Um, or the parable of the good shepherd, right? We are the sheep, the little lamb that gets lost, and God is the loving shepherd that leaves the 99 behind and searches for us. So I was telling them this parable about, uh, about the man that finds the treasure in the field. And uh, I, I told them all about how, how, how the man went into the field and, uh, and he discovers this, this treasure that's more valuable than, 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 than anything he ever had. And so uh, he goes off and, and he gives up everything he has so that he can come back and buy the treasure. And then I asked a simple question. Who in this parable is God and who in this parable is me. Everyone just sort of stared at me. They had gotten really good at this game, but they were just staring at me. They were having trouble figuring it out. And finally, um, one little girl in the back of the room raises her hand, and she says, I think that the man in the field is Jesus, and that we're the treasure. All right? And so she got it wrong, and I was about to correct her, but she kept going. She said, you know, um, it's like uh, Jesus um, wanted us so much that uh, he went and gave up everything when he died for us on the cross. <sighs> My mind was blown. <laughs> like, I had never heard that parable taught that way before, and... Now, when I look at it, it's all I can see. You see, you and I are like that treasure. I don't know how it got buried there. 
I don't know how it got forgotten there. I don't know why everyone passes that treasure every day and doesn't see what it's worth. But you and I were lying alone in that field and, and no one was paying attention to us. And then, then Jesus comes to the field and he sees this treasure and he says, I've got to have this. And so he goes off and he gives up everything, every ounce of his precious blood so that he can have that treasure, that precious pearl of great price. See, Jesus is the man in the field, and we are the treasure. This is what we're talking about when we talk about justifying grace. Remember, we're in this series about grace. And we're talking about justifying grace today. This, this, this grace we encounter in the moment of salvation when, when, when Jesus redeems us through his blood, and we become, we become justified before God. You see, Jesus saw what we were worth, our great value to him, and he gave up everything so that he could have us. In 1 Corinthians, it says, Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit, who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. You are not your own. You were bought at a price. This is what we're talking about when we talk about justifying grace. That that Jesus saw what you were worth and he redeemed you. He redeemed you. And so now you are not your own. You were bought at a price. And you know what that means for us this morning? That means we don't get to decide what we are worth. It means the world does not get to decide what you are worth. It means the broken relationships in your life don't determine what you are worth. You are not your own. You are bought at a price. And that price was every ounce of Jesus' precious blood. So you don't get to decide what you're worth. You don't get to sell yourself short because Jesus bought you for everything. He paid the full price. And I wonder if anyone here this morning still holds on to that pain. If anyone still holds on to that shame and that guilt. And if anyone still sells themselves short. If anyone still acts like they're that, they're that neglected treasure in the middle of the field that no one sees, that everyone walks past and no one realizes. You see, the man that owned the field didn't know what he had. Or he, or, or, or he wouldn't have accepted the money for the field if he'd known what this treasure was worth. See, we've got all these voices in our lives that tell us that we're not worth. Anything that we're not God's beloved children. It's like Jesus. Jesus, uh, he was baptized. And when he was baptized by, by John in the Jordan, he, he has this incredible vision. He sees heaven opened up. And he sees the, the dove descending on him. And then he hears the voice of, of, of the Father saying, This is my son, my beloved, in whom I am well pleased. 
And then, then right after that, he goes into the wilderness. Right after experiencing that voice that's telling him everything he is, he, experienced the, he experiences the voice that tells him everything he's not. He experiences the voice of the one that says, if you are the son of God, you'll do this. If you are God's beloved son, you'll do that. You're not who you say you are. Similarly, we have those moments where, where, where it's crystal clear to us, beyond the shadow of a doubt, we know we are God's beloved children. We know that he has redeemed us. And it seems like those moments are followed by those other moments where the voices creep in and they start telling us we're not who we say we are. We're not who God says we are. And so we hold on to that pain. We let the voice in the wilderness overshadow the voice of the Father in our own lives. See, Psalm 139 starts out, You search me and know me, O Lord. And, and it praises God uh, for, for knowing every inch of us, for, for knowing what is on our hearts and minds. And, and, it, and it says in the middle, You created me in my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. You are so precious to him. You are so valued. And he proved it to you in this. Remember last week? While you were yet a sinner, Christ died for you. This demonstrates his love. This demonstrates how much you are worth to Jesus. That he paid it all. He paid the entire cost for you. So um, I love this story about the little boy that uh, walks into a hardwood, uh, hardware store. And he walks into a hardware store and he sees uh, this box. It says, puppies, $10. And, uh, and he, he looks in the box and he picks out a puppy uh, that he resonates with. And, uh, and, and he puts it on the counter and, um, and, uh, and, and, and then pulls out a, a wad of money from his pocket and says, is this enough? And a hardware store owner counts it and um, changing all, it's about, uh, it's about 450. And the hardware store owner says, you know, uh, this really isn't enough. This is only four fifty. These puppies cost ten dollars, and uh, and the boy looked kind of sad and said, "All right, I'll do some chores and I'll be back next week." Uh, the hardware store owner looks at this puppy and notices that actually this puppy that the boy has picked out is the runt of the litter, and um, uh, it, it, it it's 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 got a it's got a limp. Um, a leg that, that will never uh, form right. And so, uh, so the hardware store owner says, I tell you what, I'll go ahead and give you this puppy for 450 if you really want it. And, um, and the boy says, no, sir, you won't. Uh, I'm going to uh, go home. I'm going to uh, take on some chores, and I'm going to come back with the $10 next week, and I'm going to buy this puppy. 
and, and the boy does. Uh, he takes on some chores that week, and, um, and his, his parents count with him the money uh, before he leaves, and he goes to a hardware store with the full $10 uh, in a little baggie ready to go. And uh, he gets to the store, he, he plunks the money down on the counter, and he says, I want my puppy now, please. Um, and the hardware store owner goes and gets the puppy. It's, it's the runt of the litter with the little limp in his leg. And he says uh, to the boy, now that you've got the full $10, I want you to consider something. Um, you know, I, I know that this puppy, you know, this runt is really tiny and it's really cute right now. Um, but when it grows up, uh, that leg's never really going to form right. And um, this puppy is not going to be able to grow up and, uh, and, and run around the yard with you and, and play fetch and, um, and, and play ball and do all the things that, that uh, dogs do with little boys. And so I want you to consider taking your $10 and buying one of these other puppies. And um, the little boy gets really quiet. Um, he bends over and he pulls up his pant leg. And he reveals the braces that he has on his legs. He says, sir, I can't run around the yard. I can't play ball. This little puppy needs a master who understands. See, you are not your own. You were bought at a price. And that means you have a master who understands. Whatever we go through in life, Jesus has been there before. He knows what it's like. He's walked through grief. He's walked through shadows. He's megging out on the other side. And if we just trust in the master that understands, that's more valuable than anything we could ever have. See, I've had a chance to think about this, this parable. Which interpretation's right? And I kind of think they both are. I kind of think we were this treasure hidden in, the, hidden in a field. No one saw what we were, but, 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 but Jesus did. And Jesus redeemed us, and he lifted us, and he said, I'm so glad I've got me one of these. And in response, in joyful response, we freely give up everything we have. It's garbage to us now. It's junk because of the joy of knowing Christ. It's this endless cycle of self-sacrifice. We give, he gives. But at the end of the day, you and I, we have a master who understands. Isn't that amazing? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.